everyone, welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the Communications Coordinator at High Point Church. Today we're going to be talking about why you should get baptized. Jill Vrecey is going to be interviewing me and Nick Gibson, our lead pastor, about what baptism is from a biblical perspective and our own baptism stories. We'll share why we got baptized, and we hope this encourages you if you haven't gotten baptized yet. If you do want to get baptized with us, sign up anytime at highpointchurch.org slash baptism. If you have any further questions or feedback, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Jill. I'm here with Nick and Ashlyn. We are all on the staff team together, and today we're going to be talking about baptism. We've got some baptisms coming up at High Point on August 30th. And we've also had some questions regarding membership and the importance of membership come up. And one of our requirements for membership is that you're baptized. So we're going to talk about why baptism is a big deal and what it is. And um, Ashlyn's going to also provide her experience about getting baptized and deciding to do that for herself. So um, to start out, Nick, could you give us a brief description of what we can mean or what we mean when we talk about baptism and use that word? Yeah, baptism is referred to in Protestantism as an ordinance, sometimes a sacrament in that it's a sacred action of initiation obedience, but it's an ordinance that is something Jesus ordered us to do. He told us to be baptized. Baptism um, is done by immersing somebody in water entirely and pulling them back out. And it is meant to represent um, three things. One is to take on the name of Jesus, being baptized into his discipleship. So you become you belong to Christ, so you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, right? It also represents cleansing, being cleansed from sin and being given new life. And it also represents death and resurrection, that in Christ you have died with him and you've been raised with him to new life. The old is gone, the new has come. You've become a new creation, spiritually speaking. You've experienced the miracle of regeneration. You've been cleansed of your sins and that you belong to Christ. And that all is encapsulated in this ritual of baptism. It's also a, a very simple ritual, mm-hmm. right? So it's very hard to argue that like, this is hard, right? Like we, we don't, most of us shower and, you know, we get wet all the time. And like, sometimes people him and haw about this and it, it, like, it's not, it's not like giving your life for Jesus or like losing your job or your good name. It's like mm-hmm. you get into a tub and you get wet entirely. Right. So in that sense, it's a really simple first act of obedience that initiates us into the faith. And the Bible, the New Testament, doesn't know anything about an unbaptized believer. Hmm. If you haven't been baptized, it doesn't mean you're not a believer. But if you refuse to be baptized, it's very likely that you're not really a believer. It's a it's a very simple test about the sincerity and authenticity of your faith. Mm-hmm. When you talked about how it's not, you said it's a very simple act. I think it's interesting then because I, we don't feel like it's a big deal because it just seems like you're getting dunked into water. So I think on one end, it's very simple and shouldn't be hard. But on the other end, it's hard to know why it matters. Um, but mm-hmm. we aren't, aren't very good at um, symbolism and putting the proper importance in things um, in our current culture. So it feels very simple. But also, I think to people, it feels very unimportant then or not that big of a deal. So... We'll talk more about that, I guess. Okay. Um, so, Ashlyn, um, before you became a Christian, or when you were f- when you first became a Christian at High Point, and then when you just dis- and before deciding to get baptized, what did you think about baptism? What was your perception of it? So, before I came to High Point, I didn't really 
think anything about baptism. I think what you just said about like baptism is very simple and it was kind of like people do it and you know, you don't have to do it necessarily <laughs> if you're not um if you're not Christian. But um so I didn't really have much conception of it before I was before I came to High Point at all. But then once I came to High Point and I started reading the gospels and I started talking with my Christian friends that I was making at High Point, I began to see baptism as an important rite of passage in the Christian faith is what a lot of people told me is just like, you, um, if you are Christian, then you should get baptized. Like it's, it's like, a, um, it's almost like you're, you're basically marking yourself as Christian and like, you're telling people that you are Christian, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Um, was something that was also stressed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And when I how, first came to High Point, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to ask, how did you, f- what was the process then of figuring out what it was for and why you needed to do it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was really fortunate because I had Femi as one of my mm-hmm. early mentors. Um, he's one of our, currently one of our elders at High Point. And I don't remember everything he told me about baptism, mm-hmm. but I do remember him telling me that he had been baptized as a baby, but then got baptized at High Point as an adult on his own profession of faith and how that was really important to him. And I also remember him telling me that Lloyd had done the same. And so I wasn't baptized as a child or I didn't grow up in a Christian family or anything, but it helped me understand the distinction between baby baptism and then baptism, um, on your own profession of faith. Um, and I've had some other like mixed experiences with it too. So when I first told my mom that I was starting to go to church in Madison, she told me that she brought our family to, when we were younger, much younger, me and my sister, she had brought our family to a church in Maryland a few times, but then the friends that she made there kept pressuring her to get us baptized. And she was like, I don't even know who God is. Mm. And so she didn't like that. So she stopped going. Um, and that when she told me that that was kind of hard for me to process, I was still, I, I don't think at that point that I had professed um, my faith. Um, and so that was, yeah, it, it was hard for me to process. And it made me think that she was like harboring this negative view of baptism and, and Christians overall. And it, it, but it also reinforced for me how important, um, or at least later on, it reinforced how important it would be for me to make sure that my mom could be at my baptism. Um, And I think one of the questions that came up when I first professed my faith to others was whether or not I had to get baptized right away. Um, That question came up for you or other people asked you that question? um, I... I forget, honestly. Okay. I think yeah. I did have some friends like wondering, you know, if I would get baptized or when I would get baptized. And, you know, um, and I saw one of my good friends at High Point did get baptized in my first year there. And he's been a Christian all of his life. So it was really interesting to me that he hadn't gotten baptized up to that point. And, and now that I work at High Point, I do see stories of people, um, you know, being Christians like mm-hmm. their whole life, but then not getting baptized for a long time. And, and I, but I've also met and heard of people getting baptized really like more spontaneously. And I don't think that either mm-hmm. one is wrong if you're doing it for the right reasons and like you understand the implications. And, um, but I think that what that taught me was that like, it's okay to wait, but don't wait forever. <laughs> and, and that mm-hmm. people are like, um, people are just 
different, right? Like I was, I was not someone that decided to spontaneously get baptized and it took me a few months to decide that. And it also took me a while to get over this idea that like I needed to be more Christian before I got baptized. (laughs) I think there were like a lot of things that I had to work through first before I, before I was, before I felt comfortable getting baptized, even though I had professed my faith months before that. Mm. That makes sense. Nick, Um, how would you respond to that and how you've seen other people as a pastor either wait to get baptized or get baptized right away. What is, is there a, is there a model for that or a, a requirement even of when to get baptized and how would people know when they should get baptized or could get baptized? Yeah. I mean, there, there has been some disagreement on that in the history of the church. I mean, in, in the, in the book of Acts, people seem to get baptized immediately. So um, they, if they know enough to believe in Jesus, they know enough to get baptized, right? Mm. And so, um, you know, the first couple big sermons and acts, I think three and five thousand people respectively get baptized after converting. And and in the in the book of Acts, the, you know, they they don't count professions of faith; they only count baptisms, right? The mm. idea that you can have a profession of faith that isn't a baptism is not really a is not really as biblical a concept. I mean, there are places that talk about believing in Jesus. And so we think of those as like professions of faith, but counting new disciples was done via baptism and baptism only, apparently, as far as we can tell from the Bible itself. When you got later in the church, there was a process of becoming what was called a catechumen or learning about Christianity before being baptized. And then people would be baptized on Easter Hmm. at the end of the process of that process of being initiated into Christian faith. So there's this idea like you should really know what it means to be a Christian before we baptize you. That may be because in the new Testament, these were Jews getting converted. And so they already had a good background knowledge of what it meant to follow God. They were just accepting that Jesus was the appointed Messiah. Hmm. Right. And so, but you, you know, you get like a Southern European pagan and they want to be get baptized. Who knows what they think believing in Jesus means. Right. And then also once you entered the time of nominalism after Rome accepted Christianity, like 325 onward, there were a lot of people who wanted to become Christians just because that was the hip thing to do. That was well accepted. That's what you did if you want to be a good Roman. And so you had a lot of non-Christian Christians. And so a catechumen process weeded some of that out. Right. So um, it's varied, but as Protestant, like evangelical Bible believing Christians, the Bible is our focus of faith and practice. And so in scripture, baptism seems to be a as immediate as, as possible action after one believes. And if they profess themselves to believe in Christ, you want to bapt- baptize them as soon as possible because baptism is supposed to be synonymous with coming to faith. The two are supposed to be one thing. And so you want them as one thing as possible with somebody coming to faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, so why do we do what we do at high point. I, we, we have scheduled baptize, baptisms um, versus right away. And how, I mean, I guess we, they just do it as soon as possible, but how did we get to where we're at with how we practice baptism and like the process that we have? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think, I think it's, it's just a thing of convenience more than okay. anything else. Uh, I would love to see people get baptized the, like the week after they profess faith. I think it's actually a pretty good thing mm-hmm. because what, what one of the reasons why it's important is because a lot of people will come to a momentary and emotional realization that they need God. 
Mm-hmm. But all, all of their habits and presumptions and lifestyle choices are all still kind of against that. And so staking out that what they've made was actually the right choice and it, it should initiate a radical difference in their life by a large ritual like baptism is really functionally helpful for people too, mm-hmm. not just religiously or spiritually um, central or necessary or whatever. And so... Uh, I would love to see that. Just right now, what we do is we tend to baptize a group of people every quarter or so, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally, generally speaking, because we think of, you know, within three months being pretty soon. That is pretty soon. Yeah. But and well, as, I, hope, I hope the Lord feels that way. <laughs> and as Ashlyn mentioned, there are some people who haven't been baptized, most, and they've been a Christian for a long time, even more than three months, and they do decide to get baptized. And so if you're in that place, anytime, like today is a great day to act on that um, if you have been waiting a while. Yeah. I I do want to jump in with, I feel like there are things societally that mm-hmm. work against people getting baptized spontaneously mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah. um, at least in my experience, yeah. I felt like, especially coming from a non-Christian background, um, it was a bit easier because I did move to a different, a completely different city. Um, and, and, like my non-Christian friends were mostly in a completely different state. Um, But getting baptized and telling the world, hey, I'm a Christian can be a death sentence socially, (laughs) um, if not physically um, in a lot of different parts of the world. But Mm. but, like societally, it is very intimidating, I think, because you don't, because at least for me, it didn't feel like I had proved that I could live as a Christian long enough. Mm. Um, And I didn't, I didn't want to feel like I was jumping the bandwagon. I didn't want to participate in something that would mark me as a Christian forever when I just decided to become a Christian after not being Christian for 23 years. <laughs> like I didn't want to like feel like I was rushing into the t- decision if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and I think that I think that I had to work through these things and see that especially the part where you you have to feel like you proved you you can live as a Christian. I think you have to examine that and see if it's a lie from the devil. That was something that I had to to really work through. Yeah. What was something that helped you think through that and convinced you that you did need to get baptized sooner rather than later or that it was a lie? So I, I first believed in Jesus in April of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then that summer I went through the first – Women's Forgiven and Free that Aaron Hesse run, ran. Um, and that was a place where I think so many things were clarified for me around like sexuality. And it it was a really transforming like summer for me. Mm. I think at that point it was kind of like, why have I not got, gotten baptized yet? I felt like I understood the transformation that Jesus provides and for us and that I wanted to to be a part of that and do that. Because you were seeing it. it. It sounds like you were seeing the transformation in your own life. Yeah. In a very specific way. Yeah. And the, 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 that the transformation is a real thing. And I wanted to get baptized as a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that it's important to recognize the difference between one of the things that, that happens in our present culture is, is that we could, we could easily um, insert experience for truth right and i think that it is tr- it is it, it is true that people 
do have extended experiences with coming to the place of being baptized um, for a lot of different reasons. And I think, I think Ashland's is pretty, I mean, in some ways it's typical, like mm -hmm. there are people who come and they make a profession of faith and then they actually kind of wait to see if it takes. And they're like, they're sort of sorting out what it means to be a Christian. They don't understand it fully in terms of its implications for our identity. And then as they come to realize that like, no, wait, my identity is in Christ now. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's really fundamentally changed who I am as a person. And that's good. And that is actually what it means to be a Christian. Um, the ritual that actually marks us out as baptism, I should get baptized. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's, that's great because she came to faith and she got baptized. Right. But what, what's the way it's designed by the Lord's command is to say, believe, get baptized, experience the transformation, right? Like mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to be a response to the experience or the action of conversion itself of believing in Jesus. And it is part of the professing, right? And so that's, that's the way it seems to be intended in the New Testament. Now, I, I do understand the, the, like the conceptual difference in terms of like how we're kind of wired in our culture. So in that sense, I think if you go back to what Ashlyn said about her mom bringing the kids to church and then people are pressuring them to get baptized, sometimes you are see churches where the emphasis is on like, well, since baptism represents conversion, if we can get people baptized, then they've been converted, which is totally false. Right, that in some ways is like a, like is almost a um, a superstitious viewing of baptism, that like the baptism itself will convert people or something, or that the baptism saves in that sense, and it doesn't. I mean, that's not what baptism mm -hmm. is for, right? So there's something in between those two, right? Where Jesus says, "Look, if you want to come after me and believe in me." This is what you should do. You should mark it out by getting baptized. And like you can see this in other countries where like there's a lot of non-Christians that understand this. For example, in places like India, in areas of Hindu extremism and Muslim extremism and other places in the world. If you're a, a Hindu and you profess that you believe in Jesus, nobody pays any attention. But when you get baptized, that's when the bad things happen. And that's especially true in Muslim countries, but it's true in other areas, like tribal areas. Um, more Hindu extremist areas, even some Buddhist extremist areas, that tends to be the case. Um, in places like China and, and North Korea, um, having some flirtation with Christianity, even saying maybe that you believe in Jesus, isn't going to have a big effect on you. It's when you get baptized and you are associated with the visible church, that's when that happens. And so, mm -hmm. anyway, so I want to teach people like when you believe and get baptized, when you believe, you should get baptized. But it's also the, the case that sometimes people go through a process or need to be persuaded mm -hmm. to be baptized, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of our culture's tendency to, like the way that we make decisions, it seems like we want to really test something out for a long time first. Yeah. And so um, I was thinking of weddings and getting married when you guys were talking um, and the experience of people think if people who are not Christians and sometimes people who are Christians, um, but people often think that it makes sense logically to live together before you're married. So it feels like we, we should test it out. We should see if this will work, but what's actually required of us and asked of us and works actually better um, in the long run is to say, this is what I'm committing to. And then it will get, it will play out and it, I will live according to that versus the other way around. Um, so it's an interest. It's, I was just noting how our culture seems to think through things. And this seemed similar to that. Um, mm -hmm. And it does seem to make logical sense. Like I should try it out for a while, try it on for size, 
see if it works mm-hmm. out for me. And it logically makes sense, but um, yeah, of course, like the Lord does ask us to take on an identity and then we live according to it. Um, even th- and that's hard, but that does take a process for some people and that makes sense as well. So, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we're the kind of people who want to be persuaded of things mm-hmm. and we're slow to be persuaded. And we also want to try things out before we do them. We don't right. like commitment and there's, there's yeah. no bigger commitment than Christian faith. And, there's, <laughs> and in some ways there's nothing in some ways the Lord resists being tried out. Hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. because there's, because he's trying to work against that in human nature, hmm. being like, no, you don't try me out. That gets the whole <laughs> dynamic of authority completely wrong. So, right. I mean, there's, there's ways in which that's a, that's a big problem for us, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's a good way for someone who, who does feel stuck in deciding to baptize? And maybe it's because they're still has, they have questions about faith, but what's a good way to get started in exploring those questions are there passage specific passages they should check out um, in the bible or what would you recommend um yeah i mean um obviously all the ones that, that speak of baptism right so like romans 6 and um obviously the great commission in matthew 28 19 to 21 and um there are a couple of helpful verses in colossians hmm. um so yeah there are verses that specifically reference baptism um, but I don't, generally speaking, I don't feel like that's usually the heart of it because most of the stuff mm-hmm. about baptism is observed, right? It's like these people believed and they were baptized. They believed and they were baptized. They believed and they were baptized. And you're like, oh, everybody gets baptized. And then you're like, oh, and then, when then you read like in first Peter, baptism saves you. And you have to figure out like what that means. Mm-hmm. Does it mean it literally saves you or does it mean that's when salvation is marked or like, obviously that's really, I mean, for Peter to use that phrase, baptism saves you. Um, I mean, in the Roman Catholic and Orthodox, Greek Orthodox tradition, they literally take it to mean that like that is the moment of salvation. Whenever you profess it, when you come to baptism is when you are saved. Right. Well, it means something, right. That baptism is integral in your salvation. It's, it's very important. So, um, but yeah, I think for most people, yeah, you can read the stuff. I think Romans six is maybe the most directly helpful because it explains the theological significance of baptism clearly. And, um, if you were, if you were, but yeah, it's, it ultimately just comes down pretty simply to Jesus said to get baptized. It's fundamental to becoming his disciple. It represents those things stated in Romans six. And so it doesn't really come down to the teachings about baptism for the most part, unless you come from a church that has very different teachings and you're sorting out between two opposing sets of teachings. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that background, it comes down to the fact that like Jesus told you to do it and you have to decide if you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, If someone has been baptized as an infant, should they get re should they consider getting rebaptized? and why yeah i mean i think they should consider it right i mean at high point we so you can you can split the baptisms quote controversies into two different questions one is the question of should you be baptized on your own profession of faith you say that you believe and you're baptized or on someone else's profession of faith like your parents and then you're baptized as an infant that's called pedo baptism child baptism versus credo baptism profession baptism right there's also a, d- a difference in what is called mode, 
how do you get wet in this whole process, mm-hmm. right? For, for some, it's just like there's like a pouring on the head, right? And others, it's like you get dunked underwater, right? One is called immersion. The other is just called pouring or sprinkling or something like that, right? Um, in the Baptist tradition and in much of the like Anabaptist, Anabaptist people, sometimes people think Anna often means like not or against, so Anabaptist sometimes means against baptizing, but in that in the con- in that context historically, Anabaptism means again baptizers or people who will baptize people again. That was considered anathema in the high church traditions of like Presbyterianism and Catholicism and Greek Orthodoxy. You would never baptize someone again. Baptism is a once for always thing, and to rebaptize somebody is to say that the group that they belong to beforehand is anathema or not Christian. And so they have to be baptized again because their last baptism wasn't valid. Now, there's two ways to believe a baptism wasn't valid. One is that it was done by an invalid group, so to speak, like it's too heretical to be considered a baptism. The second is if the thing being referred to isn't a baptism. Right. So, for example, like uh, Mark Devers from Nine Marks would, would argue that if you take a child who doesn't themselves profess faith in Jesus and you sprinkle water on their heads and pray for them, and include them in the church and call it baptism. That is pedo-baptism, child baptism. He's like, that is missing the most important part of baptism, which is the profession of faith. So therefore, even though that's done in good faith, and even done by a church that has otherwise Orthodox Christian Trinitarian doctrine, what happened isn't a baptism, right? Some I've heard some people in the Baptist tradition refer to that as a wet dedication. Because that's all that can really happen to you, right? The the adults can dedicate you to the Lord, say they're going to raise you in the admonition of the Lord and in his teachings, but they can't believe for you. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people believe, and I believe this personally, that pedo-baptism, that's one of the biggest things wrong with it, is that it it takes away the fundamental direct nature of mm-hmm. individual belief, that you must profess faith yourself to be included in the covenant community of God, and you must believe and then subsequently be baptized. So at like a high point church, we're stronger on the issue of credo baptism versus pedo baptism, believing in your own profession of faith rather than baptizing children. And we're less dogmatic about the mode. Just how wet did you get? Now, I believe, now we, we do believe that the mode of immersion is the best and proper mode because it not only takes into account the, the, um, idea of cleansing, but it also demonstrates the death and resurrection. When you immerse somebody underwater and they come back out, that takes into account that clarity that like you're dying and being buried under the water and then you're rising from the dead and being brought out in resurrection and sprinkling water on people gets the cleansing thing, but that's it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, more of the symbol without the substance and the meaning of the symbol. Um, that's what it, it seems like to me when you were talking. Yeah, it um, takes into account all the things that are supposed to be symbolized. Right. Yes. So why do a mode that doesn't symbolize all the things that the Bible clearly says should be, well, the, the Bible says is being symbolized. Right? Yeah. Why would you make a ritual that doesn't symbolize what baptism says it symbolizes? So that's why our, we only do immersion as mode in High point. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it doesn't include the thing that you're symbolizing, the identity in Christ, because the person has to believe that, profess that themselves. 
Yes. yes. But yes. that's true. Like you'll still get that if you sprinkle water on somebody. If, because if you'll say, do oh, you put I your do. faith and trust in Jesus? And then you pour the water on them and you say, mm-hmm. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they do profess their own faith. You are baptizing them into discipleship in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Under a Trinitarian formula. But what you don't get is the underground and alive again. That imagery is lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the importance of the symbolism of baptism. Ashlyn, how, in your experience of baptism, how was it, or even Nick, I mean, you were baptized too. <laughs> how mm-hmm. has it been important for you guys personally and in your own faith? Um, so in preparing for baptism, um, like I said before, it was important for my family be for, for my family to be there, um, and I I just wanted my mom to have a more positive experience with bad, baptism. Um, I think I achieved that. <laughs> um, so did she talk? So yeah. So I was hoping to get baptized sometime in like fall of 2018, but then um, with traveling, I just couldn't get that to happen for them Um, or they were busy. So they were finally able to come out in January of 2019. And so that's when I scheduled um, my baptism with high point. Uh, And it took up to that point though, it took a few conversations with my mom to get her to understand why I wanted to get baptized, Um, especially because she doesn't like traveling to Madison in the winter (laughs) as most people don't. And, you know, I, I wanted to get baptized as soon as I could and as soon as they could come out, basically. But um, I started dating my now husband in the fall of 2018. And one of the things that came up was that I was not baptized yet. And I think it's, I think it is accurate to say that there was some pressure to get baptized before getting engaged. But I think that that makes sense for anyone that's actually thought through Christian relationships and marriage. Um, And, but to, but I, but for someone that has not, for instance, like, um, my mom, um, that is just going to be a common misunderstanding. So unfortunately it did take my sister telling my mom, she was basically like, Ashlyn has to get baptized before she can get engaged. And then it made, it made logical sense to my mom, why she had, why I had to get baptized. Um, and that was a sad moment for me, but I think that that's just a misunderstanding that like you're going to experience with non-believers and, Mm-hmm. I can do what I can to explain what baptism mm-hmm. actually is and like why I'm getting, why I'm right. doing it. But, right. um, and then, mm-hmm. and it's hard because I, because my mom hasn't been with me through the whole process of me becoming a Christian. And so, so yeah, that's just been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to get them out here. And then um, my sister told me that my mom cried <laughs> and mm-hmm. my mom told me that she didn't expect much from the experience, but she was really, really, really glad that she came. Mm-hmm. So my baptism was, a really assuring experience for me too. I felt like I felt assured that I belonged to the body of Christ and that others knew this and would help me if I stumbled. Um, and I, it's, it's an experience that I can look back on because sometimes I need to remember that I am liberated in Christ. And then other times, because I need to remember that I'm accountable to the most high God. <laughs> um, but I do hate to over-spiritualize baptism because um, at least for me, it's not like something tangibly supernatural happened. Like I know mm. how in the Bible, when Jesus got baptized, you know, there was like a light and <laughs> God spoke to him. And, and, and I, 
I did not personally experience that. And so, and it's not like I remember every single feeling that I had in those moments. And it's not like I memorize, I, I honestly was like, what year did I get baptized? And, you know, when mm-hmm. I was thinking about preparing for this podcast and um, like, I don't remember the age I got baptized unless I think about it. But in daily life, like the very knowledge that I have been baptized is very important for my faith and how I live it out. Yeah. I, for myself, I was thinking as we were prepping for this podcast, I was thinking about my own baptism and I remember being so, I was 15 and I remember being so excited about my relationship with Jesus and it felt, so when I look back to it, it, it feels affirming of my relationship. Like I, I want to be with Jesus forever. <laughs> and so that it's, it's a symbol of that relationship that is the most important thing to me on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, it just, it reminds me of, of when I think about my baptism, I think about then and everything in between that has happened in my relationship with Christ and how important that's been for me. Um, and that's just a symbol of, of all the work that God has done and will do in my life. So um, that's been really important for me. Nick, did you have, how has your baptism been important for you? And do you have any anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think what Ashlyn said was really good. I mean, I, I think that's how, I think that's a very Christian yeah. way to look at it. And yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I thought felt like the same thing that was an act of obedience right. and full commitment to Christ that it was, it marked a belonging both to Christ and to his church and that it was a mark of a new identity, a new life. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you understand those things, it's a very, very meaningful mm-hmm. event. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say about baptism in this podcast? No. All right. Well, if you guys want to talk more about baptism and have your questions answered, please email us. We'd love to talk more with you about your own decision to be baptized and any questions that you have. And if you want to get baptized soon, um, in a few weeks, please sign up at highpointchurch.org slash baptism. We hope to see you guys there. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. You can find more episodes online at highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on most podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. If you are listening on a podcast app, hit subscribe to get notified of future episodes. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.